We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the LakersNation.com podcast. I am Trevor Lane. You can find me over on X at Trevor underscore Lane over on Instagram and threads at Trevor Lane NBA. Joined by Sean Davis. Find him over on X at Sean underscore D-A-V-I. Uh, Sean, happy new year. It is now officially 2024. And let's hope that with the resetting of the year, we will get a reset for the Lakers because I feel like they're they are badly in need of one at this point. Now have dropped all the way to 500. Yeah, they they, they need a reset. And thankfully, this schedule is uh, pretty favorable in terms of travel. Right, you're in, you're in the state of California the entire month except for a Utah game until like January 29th. So uh, Lakers get comfortable at home. And uh, definitely prioritize this, this rest time as you don't have a back-to-back either, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think they have got a little stretch here without back-to-backs, which, man, they they certainly need it. Some difficult opponents, but we'll see what the Lakers can do. They've got the Miami Heat coming up here on uh, Wednesday, which I guess is, is tomorrow as everybody's listening to this or watching this. Um, Sean, did you – let's talk New Year's. Did you happen to make any resolutions? Uh just to stay, uh, stay more in better contact with family and to, uh, yeah, I guess it's probably the the, the biggest one. Probably the biggest Yeah, one. I mean, that that's a great one. Like, I, I tend to not make too many resolutions. I find that, if especially if you're waiting until New Year's to make your resolution, does it wind up sticking or not or whatever? Right. I mean, it, it's it's always a good time to reflect and, like, and, and take a look at things that you would like to improve upon for sure. But it's also kind of an ongoing thing, right? So I... I mean, I've certainly got some goals and, and things of that nature. I'm going to try to drop a little bit of weight. That's a pretty common one, I think, for a lot of people. Um, other than that, you know, I, I, I've seen a lot of people out there who have Lakers-related New Year's resolutions. I've got show-related resolutions. I know one of mine is to figure out a way to get your sound panel to stick to your back, <laughs> to, yeah, to your back wall. That's what, I am going to come over there, and, and I will bring a nail gun. And, and and we We're will solve that problem. The wall. <laughs> Podcast listeners, part of Sean's sound panel <laughs> fell behind. A minute him. and 30 seconds into the show. Record oh, time, by no, the way. It never fails. Never fails. The new uh, pack comes in tomorrow, thankfully. Sweet. <laughs> That's there, There's a New Year's resolution <laughs> there right there. Um, no, I've got I've got certainly Lakers related ones. I mean, things I want to do for, for the show and for all that kind of stuff. But I've seen a lot of Lakers fans who said, my resolution is for Darvin Ham to get fired, all this kind of stuff. I get it. People are frustrated. People are upset with the Lakers right now. Why don't what what are some resolutions 
do you think the Lakers should have? Let's kick things off there. We've got a lot to talk about in today's show. We didn't talk about what's going on with this team, what's gone wrong, where to place the blame and all that, but let's be proactive. How do you, how do you solve things? What should the Lakers resolutions be this year? I think uh, the number one is freaking figure out like what lineups work and do it fast. I'm just go listen to my three minute rant on the post game show from the Pelicans game. And that will basically cover. I don't, I don't need to go much in more detail about the first one. The second one is like having more consistent play calling because when this team play calls like consistently, like they're calling plays, they're calling the, uh, even when they like kind of botch the play call in terms of like having a drop beater for a switch uh, for against a switchy team or even stuff like that, right? Even though it might be a bad play call, you're in a better position more times than not by just calling something than when you when you don't and you're freelancing too much. Like your all your best games this season in terms of like offensive efficiency, half court efficiency are in games where you just play call your butt off. Like there was a stretch from in the middle of the season, from the eight game mark to like the 16 game mark or so where the Lakers offensive play calling percentage in terms of uh, like organized offense was 50% or higher. There was a stretch post Indiana game where they went uh, one, two, three, four, five, six straight games and uh, seven on eight, eight on nine, eight out of nine games post Indiana, where the Lakers said, eh, we're just not going to play call. And the play call or the organized offense percentage was below 50. And a lot of these are below 45%. That's just unacceptable. Just got to figure those two things out. And you'll see better offensive performances and, and other things like that. It's certainly badly needed. Badly, you know, that, that is one of the big things that this Lakers team needs to figure out, and that is their offensive production. It is just, it's just not been good. And that's you know not just to re- the recent slide has been has been poor, but I mean they're twenty third and they've actually risen a little bit lately. They're twenty third in offensive rating. Um, they've got to get that sorted. You just you're not going to get to where you want to go with that kind of offensive production, particularly if your defense is going to continue slipping the way it has. Now they're sitting at 10th in defensive rating. Um, I think one thing that I would like to see from this Lakers team in terms of um, of New Year's resolutions, you know, there's a lot of different things that we can look at, but just in general, can we please focus on putting players in positions to succeed? I think that's an area where they have fallen Hell short. yeah. <laughs> Captain I mean, Trevor, I love that one. You you know exactly what I'm talking about. And there I think there's a few players that we could talk about here, but Torian Prince, Max few. Christie. I Christian mean, those Wood. are those are kind of the two, the first two that come to mind. Torian Prince being asked to be a per, primary stopper on defense, which he's not. In fact, now we're at the point where he's actually getting targeted in ISO situations by opposing teams. Um, Torian Prince being put into, into defensive roles that don't really fit him. And then Max Christie being asked to be a ball handler on the offensive end, being asked to be a creator on the offensive end. Put him in a 3 and D role. Don't give him too much. He can Don't make him try to bite off more than he can chew. That's when young players start to falter, when you ask them to do a little bit too much. Give him something that he can handle, like being a 3 and D player, and he's going to be much more productive. He's going to be much more comfortable. You're not only going to get a better performance out of him, you're also going to get a more confident Max Christie out there on the floor. I get it. Sometimes injuries and things like that pop up. And by default, players get forced into situations that are 
a little bit above their pay grade if we want to look at it that way. But you really have to try to limit that, particularly with a young player like Max, so that you don't uh, stifle his development in any way. So I I'd like to see the guys utilized a bit better, at least utilized in ways that take advantage of their skill set without magnifying their deficiencies. Yeah. I mean, if, if you've listened to any of the recent shows, you know how big of a proponent I am of this. Like, that's one of the most important things in coaching, in my opinion, is like properly utilizing your personnel to and just putting them in, in positions to be successful. And I thought last season, even I thought Ham was a, did a pretty fine job at that. Like, I'm going to give him credit last season. I'm going to re-say that so that people don't think I'm like praising Darwin for the job this season. I'm going to give him some credit for last season with some players. Like I thought them utilizing Pat Bev as a wing stopper was kind of hilarious, but uh, he got like a, for the first month or two of the season before the injury started and before like they made all the trades or whatever, he got the most out of Lonnie Walker. Like he used yeah. Lonnie to a T on both ends of the floor. He got, a fairly okay version of Russell Westbrook, definitely probably more impactful in a, in a good way than he was in the definitely Frank Vogel season. Definitely probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I mean, Thomas Bryant was great for the, I mean, definitely, especially when AD was hurt. Right. I mean, Thomas Bryant oh, yeah. was, was great. So like just properly utilizing your players and putting them in advantageous spots to be successful. Um, that's definitely a, a great one. All right, what, what else do you have? What else do you think the Lakers should make a New Year's resolution? It can be an individual player. It can be the team as a whole. What are some other resolutions the Lakers should have as we get here into 2024? I'm sure we're going to get into this, but, like, you need your non-Braun and AD guys. I'm going to say you need two to be semi-consistent. Like, yes, Austin had the month of November just completely off where he was – you know what? I'm going to enjoy this $12 million. I'm joking, obviously, but like a rough month for Austin. D'Lo turns right around and has an arguably even worse month of December. Torian had that awful shooting stretch also in November. Mm -hmm. uh, Christian Wood just completely out of the rotation. Rui's been kind of up and down where he never really had a rough stretch, but he never had this great stretch either that, that uh, D'Lo and Austin even had. He, he I think he's he's been more injury related than anything else. I sure. think I think that mask really messed him up for a bit, and he had a concussion before. So yeah. Rui and head injuries, I give him not not a total pass or whatever, but I think it, there's a little bit more to what happened with Rui than sure. just like Austin was in a shooting slump and Torian was in a shooting slump. Right, and then I mean Christian Wood completely fell out of the rotation, warranted or not, it's like. Yeah, two of those what six guys that I mentioned have to be, for the most part, night in night out. Whether it's just eleven points, it could be eleven points. But I need to be able to to wake up and say the Lakers played the Miami Heat tonight. Okay, cool. I know Braun and AD are going to give me what they're going to give me, but I know Austin Reeves going to score fifteen. Like that's yeah. not like a for sure thing, right? I know Torian Prince is going to go three for eight from three or whatever, right? So I can bank in his nine points. I can bank in Austin 15 on good efficiency and like five assists, right? I can bank in a good deal. Like all these things are not set in stone right now. Even though you look at the stat sheet, yeah, Austin's averaging 15 and Ruby's like a 39% three-point shooter or whatever. None of those things are for sure things right now. And that needs to change. 
yeah, there's there's no certainty in terms of where that production is going to come from. And we've seen in some recent games where the production simply hasn't come from anybody aside from Minnesota. LeBron and AD. Yeah, I, I made uh, I made this point on YouTube yesterday. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, Rui Hachimura, Austin Reeves, Gabe Vincent. You've got nothing out of him. Jared Vanderbilt. And, and he's been injured. Not all his fault. But he's been injured. He's been injured, but still. So those players, those are all the guys that the Lakers paid a significant amount of money, right? Everybody else got a minimum deal with the exception of Torian Prince, who got 4.5 million. These are all your double digit contract guys. Jared Vanderbilt's goes up to two double figures uh, next season. Anyway, um, these guys, all of them have either for the entire season or for large chunks of the season, not lived up to their contract. Some of them have injury factors. Jared Vanderbilt, Rui Hachimura, right? I mean, for some of these guys, that's been something. But in general, all the guys the Lakers thought were going to really step up and be that consistent support and paid to be that consistent support have faltered. Again, Austin Reeves, he got it going in December. I'm hoping the skies are clear from here on out, and he's going to be fine. D'Angelo Russell fell off. He was great in November, now fell off. D'Lo and Austin were ships passing in the night. But that's something that you need. I think you're right. I think it has to be at least two of those guys. It really, it prob we probably shouldn't even be eliminated to that. That's not too much to ask for guys when you're paying. We're talking about a combined group that's making over $60 million for just two of I them. I might be lowballing it. Yeah, I mean, like it should be. like five dudes. I might be like 70 million. Might be a little bit more than that. Yeah, I did the math on him. It's because Jared Vanderbilt hasn't jumped up to his 11 million next, That's which right. comes next season. Um, but it's it it's still it's been an issue this season. I, I think that's right. The consistency needs to come. You need at least two or three of those guys per game to step up. That yeah. that's it. Two or three, and you'll be just fine because LeBron and AD. The other thing is LeBron and AD have been remarkably healthy so oh, far. Oh my knock, god! Knock on wood. Let's hope that continues. That's probably the most frustrating part. Right. So I did I did my all-star ballot. I mean, this is probably gonna be the only one I do. Maybe I'll keep voting. But my all-star ballot had both Braun and AD in there. I mean, because you look analytically, metrically, statistically, whatever you want to look at film, they are two top 10 players still. And you're on the only team, since so not the only team in the NBA that can say they have two bona fide top 10 dudes, and you are 17 and 17. Mm-hmm. And you're what, like the nine seed right now? Like, come on. And they're they've both been healthy too. It's not like 21, 22, or 2021, 20, even where you're saying, okay, sigh, but let's get these guys healthy. No, they've been healthy the entire year. 87 Maggie injuries, but still. Right now, because Houston won, they are the 10 seed currently. They're only a game Yay. up on the Warriors for 11th. And that's at uh, at seventeen and seventeen. Yeah, I mean they got to start winning some games here. They can't go through these like three and eight stretches. So that's that's certainly part of it as well. Um, all right, uh, other things in terms of what well, you know what you know it's crazy. This is I'm mostly kidding here, but I think it would really help the fan base if the organization would buy Darvin Ham some pants and jackets <laughs> that do not have pockets. It would save the fan base a lot of a lot of so anger. many people get so upset that Darwin's hands are in his pockets. Um, 
And I guess they take that as a sign of inactivity or disinterest or or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but so many people, they they key on that, that Darwin has his hands in his pockets. So that should be a resolution for Darwin to put his hands in his pockets list. Maybe, maybe it's just a matter, let, let's not be wasteful. Somebody needs to get a needle and thread and just go show, sew his pockets shut for the pants that he's got. Just sew them shut. That's out of, out of everything that's happened or that's, that's wrong with this Lakers team. That's the one thing I've never understood. Like, it's no different than having your hands across your chest or like, By, like Byron Scott. Yeah. Like there's, there's yeah. nothing different. <laughs> All right. What, what's now our hands on your hips, even like it's a, a popular, <laughs> like, like, I don't know what you want Darwin. You want Darwin like, or you want Darwin to be just waving his hands the entire, I, I don't know. <laughs> For, for what whatever reason, based on every picture that you see of any guy right now that's in that's like dressed up, the most aesthetically pleasing pose is to be pretending to fix your cufflink. <laughs> Have you noticed this? No. Go look at any advertisement for anything. Like go look at like the rock oh. on a tequila ad or something. They okay. are fixing their cufflink. Like any any like for a movie, anything like that. They're fixing their cufflink. As though it's supposed to make you look like it's like it's a natural shot, like they caught you by surprise or something. Maybe that's what Darwin needs to go to. He needs so to went- he needs to start wearing long sleeve shirts with with the cufflinks, and he just needs to start fixing those, and that will will placate everybody. That will solve all our problems, Darwin. That will fix it. Do that, and uh, miracles will happen. Okay, I'm so sorry. This is not planned at all, but it just popped into my head. And we weren't doing this today, but just Uh-oh. popped in my head. D'Lo, Torian, Braun, Bando, AD. Thoughts? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I mean, that that's basically the lineup. Like, I've been having, I've been promoting that lineup, saying that's the lineup that I would go with, um, just with Austin and D'Lo's spot. So if you're telling me that D'Lo gets his mojo back and you're getting November D'Lo, yeah, for sure. No problem. If you're getting the slumping D'Lo, who's, hesitant to shoot then no give me give me austin but if you're telling me that is what is going to be delo's magic feather and is going to bring him back sure no problem yeah i'm i'm for it i'm for it i think that's good now i the the challenge is both delo and torian are and i think we're starting to see how defensively deficient sure. torian is and so now you've got vando kind of making up for two guys but he also, you could it's say, he did it last year with Austin, Austin and D'Lo. Yeah, I was about to yeah, say. It's, it's the same thing. Same thing with D'Lo and Austin. So, but yeah, I don't, I don't hate that. I'll tell you this, Sean. It makes a hell of a lot more sense than 
all the guards are exiled to the bench and we're just going to play wings and only wings. Oh my God. Yeah. That was a fantastic it, it, idea. It's just, uh, it, it, you know, I've said it a bunch. I've said it so many times now. I hope, I hope I'm wrong, but it just, it doesn't make sense to have that, that lineup out there. Um, and by the way, tomorrow, everybody, we are going to do a full rotation breakdown. We're going to put together what we think the Lakers rotation should look like. If you were with us over the summer, we did a bunch of these kind of planning ahead for the season. We're going to do another one of those tomorrow, breaking down what we think the rotation really should look like. So that's coming. Um, other than that, though, my, my serious New Year's resolution for Darvin Ham, I'd like to see him be more aggressive with his timeouts. And I've talked about this a bunch. I know it's been a complaint. Probably your biggest pet peeve with them. Probably been my biggest pet peeve. I think he lets opposing teams go on runs that are way too long that go they go too far before putting a stop to it by calling a timeout certain teams you can do that with i don't think this lakers team given how many offensive struggles they've had or, or how how much they've struggled on the offensive end i should say i don't think you can do that with them because they're not offensively talented enough or efficient enough to play the catch-up game all the time if you are the 2018, let's say, Warriors or something like that, if you're the, if you're this year's Sacramento Kings, if you're this year's Indiana Pacers, right, whatever team you, you want that's got that offensive firepower, okay, they go down 10, no big deal, right? Because they're going to make it up in a minute and a half. This Lakers team, when they get down double digits, like it just feels like it's a mountain to climb to overcome that it's the mountain to climb <laughs> right especially when now we're starting to see a trend where late in games they're even when their offense does get going and they score they're giving up buckets on the other end so they're just treading water they're not making any progress uh, right. so that's where i don't think you can let it slip that much if you're this lakers team and so i'd like to see darvin get more aggressive with calling those timeouts yeah i agree um anything else for us that, that you could think of before you want to uh, jump into our uh, our mailbag here. Um, stop playing drop coverage. Oh, there's <laughs> yeah. there's a, there's a good one. That ties, that ties. I think I think these things all tie into each other though, man. Like I I just refuse. I, I call me stubborn or not. I refuse to believe that if this team is humming and this team is uh like organizationally coaching staff wise players wise mm -hmm. when they are all on the same page and being a, co a cohesive unit and playing complimentary basketball i refuse to believe that this is a bad team i refuse to believe this is the 10th best team in the western conference record wise i refuse to think that this team isn't a contender but right now they aren't because they aren't doing those things so uh final resolution heading into 2024 it's like i said yesterday at the time of this recording at least Figure it out. You can pay millions of dollars to figure it out. And it's not that hard because I don't get paid millions of dollars. And it's not that hard to figure out. They got to get it done. They got to get this stuff sorted and get back to their winning ways. LeBron James and Anthony Davis are playing too well. That's why this has been such a, a disappointment is it feels like you're wasting some good games by the by these players. And it could really come back to bite you when you get deeper into the the schedule, especially when we get to March and things are really, really, really difficult. Um, it's going to hurt so much, man. It oh is. my God. It is. And so are a number of other ones, but um, Dallas twice. 
you got to start winning. And it's got to happen now because your schedule Miami. gets brutal in March. Um, I think last thing, just to close this out, my New Year's resolution is if I'm Rob Palenka, it's to find at least one good trade. I think and this make team, that I, player be somebody that can freaking play both ends of the floor, please. Exactly. That, and that's it. I think they need, at minimum, you need one piece added that is a two-way player, somebody that can play both sides of the ball, whether it's a big, whether it's a wing, a guard, somebody who shoot through. I think the most important thing is that it's a two-way player that can play both sides of the ball. And it may require a couple of, do, a couple of uh, moves, but you've got to get it done. You got to get something done by the trade deadline. I don't think you have to burn the whole thing to the ground like some fans are saying right now. I get why they're saying it because right now it's frustrating and it's hard to watch the Lakers right now. And so they 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 want to see massive changes. I don't think you necessarily have to do that, but I think you do need a move or two by that February trade deadline. So that's something else I'm looking for. All right. Let's jump into the mailbag, taking some of the questions and comments that that came. After the Lakers, unfortunately, dropped their New Year's Eve game to the Pelicans, uh, Jay said, Happy New Year. Hope we can bounce back. I still have hope for AD and Austin. Go Lakers. Uh, yeah, I mean, both those guys have been playing very well in the month of December. AD has been putting up MVP caliber numbers, if only the Lakers were winning basketball games. And then Austin has bounced back in, in a big way as well in December. So hopefully that that continues. Um and then the Lakers can, of course, get wins. That's the most important part. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Anthony Davis had an MVP caliber month. He's been one of the leading farm in my opinion, for defensive player of the year. And the jumper is somewhat back now. Like, that was for the first time, I mean, kind of showing why the reports coming out of the training camp. I mean, granted, we've, we've been misled by some of the training camp reports. Cough, cough, Jalen Huchifino. But, mm -hmm. uh... I mean, that's why I kind of can see the vision now when people are saying, yeah, 80s jumper is back. That was the, like, outside of JHS, that was the that big takeaway from training camp was that, oh, yeah, 80s jumpers back, by the way. And we saw it in the month of December. He shot, I want to say, around 50-plus percent from the mid-range area on, like, three and a half or so attempts per game. Might be a little bit more, give or take. Um, and then he's shooting the three ball a little bit more, too. Uh, one and a half above the break threes or so per game around a 40% clip from those as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's great to have AD back playing at a high level offensively. Austin, a good month, but you got to start winning some games. Uh, Dean Key said, multiple missteps by Darvin Ham lately just makes me feel like we can't win a championship anytime soon. We'll have to change the coach first, hard truth. And then another comment com coming in, asking if we could trade Darvin Ham and a first for Doc Rivers to ESPN. The first is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> The funny thing, like, so Keith Smith, who hosts the front office show with me, has a lot of experience with Doc Rivers. He thinks Lakers fans are crazy to be as like, he's like, is it really that Thank bad you. where people are asking for Doc Rivers? Doc is so freaking overrated, dude. Oh, my God. I've never seen somebody live off of a championship that was 16 years ago more than Doc Rivers. Was well, that that being said, and that's true. And I, I do not think Doc Rivers is the is the solution. The whole they'll have to change the head coach before they're going to win a championship. I mean, Dar Darvin has not done a great job taking these pieces and making more out of them. Um, even with guys being in out of the rotation, even with the different difference, difficult schedule, all the other stuff to factor in, this team has not been successful enough so far this season. It's been 
I, I hoped we would see Darvin get to the next level with what we're with what we're seeing out there on the floor this season. And I almost feel like we've taken a step back this year. We have taken a step back in some key uh, departments, especially the ones that you just weren't expecting to see them take a step back in year two. Like if these were some of these things were problems, like offensive play calling was kind of always a problem last year, like in and out, like they will be fixed for like that five game stretch that I talked about earlier. And then they would just mm -hmm. say, okay, let's not play call anymore. Like that happened last year. That's somewhat understandable while never really uh, acceptable. You can understand it more last season as a rookie a coach, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. It's year two. Like there's too much data that suggests, hey, freaking run plays and you have a good basketball team. <laughs> like I don't understand and other other stuff as well that we've already talked about. Rocket science there. Uh, Tyler said, I'm not sure this Lakers team is even a play in team. Look at our schedule coming up. It could be three straight losses to start 2024. Need trades bad. Well, speaking of which the Lakers have uh, Miami on Wednesday, Miami is currently as we're recording this. Uh, getting blown out by the Clippers, who are getting an insane shooting night out of Norman Powell, who is shooting 90%, almost 9 for 11 from the field, 4 of 5 from 3 and blowing up. So you're going to get a very focused Miami Heat team that's going to be frustrated after getting blown out by the Clippers because, of course, but yeah, I mean, the Lakers schedule coming up, they're, at least it's home heavy. At least they're not out on the road. They were bouncing all over the place in December. At least they're going to be at home. I, I sure hope it's not three straight losses. They've got to start rallying here and rattling off a number of wins right now. Need trades? Yeah, but I mean, again, this is the time of year when teams start to get serious about the trade market, but it may be a, a couple of weeks at least before it I mean, the, the trade deadline's not till February 8th. I don't, I don't think there's like a magical trade coming like tomorrow. And who knows? Maybe it is, right? You, you never know for sure, but... Typically, you don't get that trade coming in right now. It takes a few more weeks for that kind of stuff to develop, at least. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Justin said, not being talked about, but having a first-round pick that's unplayable hurts. Jaime Hawkes averaging 14-4-3 on 51-86-73. I mean, you're you're picking the best guy, right, that didn't that went after the Lakers got, got made their pick. It's still fair. You could say, well, the Lakers should have picked this guy. After the draft, it was the Lakers should have picked Cam Whitmore. And now it's Jaime Hawkins. You know, I think there is something to it, though. Yes, you would like to see, like even Podzemski for, for Golden State, he's getting minutes. The Lakers can't put JHS on the floor except for in, you know, garbage time. And that's unfortunate that on a team that has a 14 man roster, you have two spots taken up in Max Lewis and, and JHS with guys who you only want to put on the floor in emergency situations. So that knocks you down to 12. That's where you have a couple of injuries hit and suddenly your roster is really, really thin. Now, of course they could bring in two way players, but they've also uh, balked at doing that. So it does hurt, but I I'll say don't punish JHS for Jaime Hawkins's Hawkins's uh, success. That's not his fault i don't think the the expectation should be that he's a high minutes rotation player as a rookie that's not that like what what hawkes is doing is not the norm that said i think it's still okay to be a little frustrated when you're seeing a guy pick the few spots after the lakers pick 
and he's doing what he's doing right now with Miami. All I'm gonna say is about Pajemski. I don't. I, I think you can make an argument that Hame probably would have played. I don't think Brady Pajemski would have came here and played. I'm gonna keep it all the way when I'm with you. I do not think he plays here. Mm. Um, not right away, at least. Um, our, our buddy Sam from a uh, Warriors fan that uh, I forget the freaking name of the podcast. Light I'm years. So sorry. Yes, light years. He had a good point where like Brandon Pajemski like kind of forced Steve Kerr's hand to play him finally. And like, now he's a, a, you know, legitimate staple in the rotation. Yeah. I don't think that would have happened here at all because not, not because of like the Lakers have a guard player or whatever, but because I think we just see now, like with certain players, I'm going to keep it at that, that uh, probably should be playing regardless of their current stature in the league. Don't play. And mm-hmm. I think Pajemski is a guy that is a, a or don't play until 13,000 injuries happen to your roster and then they're forced to play. And then they play pretty well. Uh, Pajemski's balling out though in Golden State and Jaime Hake, shout out to the, the Optimus Peralta for the great call on uh, draft night on the uh, front office. Yep. Yep. If only the Lakers had taken him. Uh, Trey said, time for another protest if we don't have action soon. LeBron and AD will ask out. Wow. I, I, I don't think how so. Cra- so. Think about this. We had, what was it, right before media day, which is end of September. So we're talking about a few months ago. Rob Palinka did what you never do. He extended a press conference so he could answer more questions from the media because everything was sunshine and rainbows around the Lakers. Everything was about the great offseason they had. Did that mean everybody was just lying about what the team was back then? No. But sometimes things don't work out as well on the floor as they look on paper. But just about everybody was really happy and really excited about this team that they put together. I was excited about this team they put together um, over the summer. But that was just a few months ago. Suddenly, we're a few months down the road. The team is 500 and we're at the level where you want to go protest in front of Crypto.com Arena? I I mean that's I feel like we're we're getting a little crazy there. That that's just we're being uh, we're overreacting at that point. Is it fun to watch right now? No. Are they on a slide? Yes. It's it's not ideal, that's for sure. But the knee-jerk reaction to any kind of a slide, especially when we've got a few weeks to go before the trade deadline, is to grab your signs and go protest in front of the building. Uh, that's a little bit it's a little bit much, especially when we've seen franchises do things that are much, much worse than what's happened with these Lakers. The Pistons lost 28 games in a row. Yeah. Cade Cunningham should ask out. <laughs> I, I He's think so that good, by the way. He is. He is. I think it's fine for Lakers fans to have high expectations. We should have high expectations. But Sometimes we we got to take a little step back um, and, and look at the big picture. It's not it's frustrating right now. There's no question, but it's not as bad as it may. It's not that bad, I guess I should say. David, why are the Lakers underachieving with LeBron and AD playing well? Well, we kind of talked about that. One of the systemic problems that you see, hoping for a hmm. better 2024. That's a really good question. Yeah, I mean, so I think. Part of it is all the guys that they really paid to be those stabilizers on the team uh, have not been that. And so that's 
a big piece to it. I think people who will, the knee jerk is to say Darvin Ham is that the root of all the problems. I don't think that's accurate. I think he's been one of the problems, just like I don't think Russell Westbrook was the cause of all of the Lakers problems a couple of years ago. Um, you know, but there, there were a lot of things, right? Um, just like Frank Vogel was not the reason for their problems a few years ago, and yet he was the guy who took the fall. I, I think when you have a team that struggles like this, it takes a lot of things to create these struggles. Sure. Darvin Ham is certainly part of those with, with the, the decisions that we've seen made. But other than that, it's to me, and you can tell me if I'm if you've got stuff to add or if I'm wrong here, Sean, but I've got players underperforming, specifically guys that you paid. I've got coaching. I've got injuries. And the schedule. To me, those are the four key factors that have resulted in this mess that we've got right now, this slide that we've got right now. If I were to rank those four in terms of like what percentage I give it to, I do lean off, lead off with coaching. Uh And I'll kind of like walk my way through. I think coaching is the biggest thing, the biggest piece, because I think if the coaching was better, like, like, I'm not, not going to go for Spo because I feel like that's the easy one because I think he's the best coach in the NBA. But, like, put Mark Dagnall on this right. team. And I feel mm-hmm. like I love Dagnall. But, like, put Mark yeah. Dagnall on this team. And, one, I just don't think you're 17-17. And, two, I think that a lot of the other stuff is, like, not as big of a burden because it feels like you're just stacking stuff on top of each other. And that's when I, I do think, like, the players underperforming is a bigger deal because the coaching has been that good, right? So I do actually go, I go coaching, players underperforming, schedule, injuries. Injuries, I'm kind of like, it's it's happened, it's bothered you. Like you've, you've dealt with it. There's been a stretch or two where like you're playing eight dudes. But 80s played, 80s missed what, two games this year? Bronze missed like three. Uh, I think Torian's played every game this season. Austin's mm-hmm. hasn't missed any game. He was sick and, and still played. Delos missed a couple. Like you're the top dudes have pl- have been mostly healthy for the majority of the like, like some of the other guys, like Bando obviously was hurt. Ruiz had a couple of stints of injuries. Um uh who else am I missing? Uh Christian Wood was in the rotation, so that's more personal or like staff related, but right. um I don't know. I, I think it those are the four factors. I think there's like uh, levels to those four factors, though. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's fair. Um, by the way, uh, I should mention this. This is just something that I I thought of a few minutes ago, and I just need to throw this out there. Uh, Jimmy Butler did not play for the Heat against the Clippers due to, due to foot irritation. He's been hurt, though. Uh, which means he's going to return against the Lakers. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. He's going to not play against the Clippers. And he's going to play against the Lakers. I just have a feeling. Just have a feeling. I'm double checking to see if there's any kind of an update on his status before um, before Wednesday's game. But yeah, just have a feeling. I'd have to really dig into the injury report. Let's see if he's really for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, he they just listed him as out with foot irritation. Um, what does that but, mean? His foot hurts. That's what I'm saying. Like, 
he has a sore foot. Like, right. I'm trying to act, act like it's like something. I'm just saying they made us super fancy for no reason. The X, the negative X-rays on December 30th. He got injured on December 30th, so he's. God, he's gonna play against the Lakers, isn't he? Um, <laughs> this one said, uh, Max said, start bench cut Frank Vogel, Luke Walton, Darvin Ham. Uh, start Frank bench Darvin cut Luke Walton. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement. I think it depends. Part of it depends on the makeup of the roster, but still, I, I think I would go with that route. Now, Suns fans may say something different. They haven't been super thrilled with Frank Vogel, but that's any team that's losing is typically not they happy with their coach. No, I haven't watched I have I've seen a lot of Suns fans terrible. criticizing Frank Vogel. Um, Christopher said, was at the game, no legs. Pelis, Pelicans shot 30% from three. The Pelicans were fired up, fired up for that game. Um, they certainly were. The Lakers were not. Aquaman, if Darvin Ham, oh my gosh. <laughs> if Darvin Ham was in charge of the 92 Dream Team, he would bring Michael Jordan off the bench and play Torian Prince 40 minutes. The Torian Prince minutes jokes are hilarious. I'm not going to lie. They are. Is Torian Prince what is Torian Prince Dennis Schroeder for this year with Darvin Ham? Or is he or the the Avery Bradley to Frank Vogel, as it were? Could you? I would argue it might be Cam. I would argue it might be Cam. Although the minutes for Torian are sometimes insane. He he should be getting some minutes, right? It should be 40 or like 39. It should be, oh, no, no. It should averaging. be 40. But like, that's what I, I think he's averaging 30, something like that's that. That's still too high. That's too high. I agree. But like, what's, what do you think it should be? Because I don't think the answer is Torian should just be out of the road. He's been shooting the hell out of the ball uh, right. this past month after going through that slump. I'm not, I don't think he's like a guy that should be out of the rotation by any means. Like, I think uh, he's okay. He's averaging for the month of December. 32 minutes. What yeah. should that number be? Ideally. Like between 22 and like 25. Yeah. Right? That's, uh, I mean, that's, and I, I kind of had the same, about the same. I was like between 20 and 20, 25. Somewhere in yeah. there. Like it's not like he's getting minutes and he shouldn't be on the floor. We're not, you know, that's, that's Jackson Hayes, right? Dorian Prince should be getting minutes. Just not quite this many. Right. Like in the month of December, hold on, I'm trying to pull it up. Month of December, like Cam Rush is averaging 25 minutes. If, yeah, like that's that's right where I'm at with Torian Prince. Like if Torian Prince played 25 ish minutes, not saying you swap them with minutes, you give Cam Rush the extra seven. And Cam Rush is on the floor for 33 minutes now. No. But if, uh, yeah, if, if Torian was was playing like twenty five ish minutes tonight, I'd be. I think I would be a lot happier. I think a lot of uh, Russell Laker Nation would be happier as well. It seems like teams are really keen on attacking his defense, um, especially when he's got and when he's out there for longer stretches. They they focus in on that more. Um, so let's say you chop ten minutes off. What are you doing with those ten minutes? Who gets them? Uh, Max. Um... Christian Wood, D'Lo. I think D'Lo Grant has been playing poorly, but I think like D'Lo, Austin, Max, like just split them up amongst mm -hmm. those guys, honestly. Yeah. 
Like, I still don't like Austin at 28 minutes a game. I I, no. I really don't care what the coaching staff says. I think that's bogus that Torian plays more than Austin. Where did um, that come from? Like, why did why do we suddenly have this magical number that Austin Reeves is just a better player when he plays 28 minutes? Like, seriously. I mean, I mean, remember that you know, we were trying to low manage Braun and keep him around 30 minutes a game. Yeah, he's averaging like yeah. 35 minutes a game for the that, moment. That lasted one game. That lasted one that game. That lasted but one game. I mean, was were we seeing like an overly fatigued Austin Reeves or something like I mean, I guess you know, looking no. at the numbers here. You've got in December, he played 33 minutes against the Knicks, shot 40%. 34 minutes against uh, the Spurs, shot 44%. Then you got 28 minutes against the Bulls, shot 64%. 27 minutes against the, the Wolves, 50%. 28 minutes against OKC, 50%. I mean, 24 minutes against Charlotte, 75%. And then, then, but then you also have 29 minutes against the Wolves, 18%. 36 minutes against the Pelicans, 58%. And I mean, that doesn't dig into the defensive numbers or anything. I'm just curious, like, where where did that come from? This idea that playing 28 minutes, like, I, I'm or, pretty darn certain it did not come from Austin. If you go back to the start of the month of November, even, not saying you should play 40 minutes, but 40 minutes against Miami Heat, 9 for 14 shooting, 23 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists. Or a game before that, uh, 34 minutes against the Orlando Magic, 20 points on 7 of 11 shooting. Game before that, 38 minutes, 15 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 steals. He's he's 25. He's 25. Later if, he was, if he was 35, I get it. Like, it doesn't make 15, sense. 5, and 10 in 32 minutes against Cleveland. Like, that was just a random number. That was just thrown out there and it makes no sense. We've said Thanks. the words no sense way a too lot. often lately. Way Drink every time we yes. say no oh, sense, no. take a shot. We would we would not survive <laughs> it. We would not survive that game. All right. Tomorrow, uh, for tomorrow's show, we're going to go through a rotation build. We're going to break down what we think the Lakers rotation should look like um, compared to what it is right now. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. I'm excited for that one. Don't forget over on the YouTube channel, check out our membership program. You can see all the cool perks that we offer there. Just click that join button. Subscribe while you're there as well if you're, if you're not subscribing already. And then podcast listeners, if you wouldn't mind, give us that five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. We would appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. Hope you guys had a very, very happy new year. Till next time, see ya and stay safe. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film, and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.